Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back, everybody, to Wells Tech. This is episode 697, recorded on December 15th, but this is our post-Christmas show, and joining me, still in Christmas garb, love <laughs> the earrings, Sally, um, Sally Draper, how are you? I'm good. I'm decorated with my Christmas <laughs> earrings on. Yep. Gave it away, didn't I? You didn't pull those off the tree, did you? Those are, I'm those not are telling. Real, real accessories. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter. They're cute. So <laughs> how are you today? I'm awesome. I can't believe we're winding down already on 2022. It's been quite the year for me personally, especially since mm -hmm. we bought a new to us home. We did too uh, this year. So survived a move. So mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> hopefully I don't have to move again anytime soon. Um, yep. Yeah. One thing I noticed as we read the episode number, just so close to 700 would have been nice to finish off the year that way. But uh that gives us a little something to look forward to in 2023. Is that episode 700? Yeah, 700. Not that coming. has any special significance. It's just a nice round number. Exactly. But yeah, um, we can say that this is our 15th year in show that we've recorded mm -hmm. together. We started the podcast way back in 2008. And here we are in 2022, having a whole lot of tech and ministry in our rear view. Um, wow, things have changed. And um, actually, I think 2022 was a pretty calm year in terms of tech and ministry, not like 2020 when the world exploded with a pandemic and mm -hmm. uh, everybody went online with their worship services and things. I think this was more of a comfortable year where everybody was just happy to get back to normal. I agree. This is one of my favorite shows of the year because we do a little retrospective. We look back over the year and try and highlight some things and uh, what are our top three picks. Uh, that's always fun as well to kind of go back and see what we what we use, what we didn't use, uh, what went well, what didn't go well. So that's what we're going to do today. Why don't we start with major events, milestones, and maybe even episode names. That's a, an odd category that we like to start with, but we kind of group things sometimes, and there's always a summer series. And this one this year was near and dear to my heart as I was madly and still am prepping for a class, I'm a graduate course I'm teaching for Martin Luther College. And um, we called it Tech Enhanced Ministry. I had fun kind of thinking through with you what might go into a course like that. And uh, now I'm prepping to teach that here in January. So it's becoming very real. Um, we talked about a bunch of different things uh, related to that, including, you know, some productivity topics, um, personal learning networks, uh, personal knowledge management uh, mobile ministry, those kinds of things, all that, all the things that we can apply in our ministry worlds that may enhance uh, our ability to 
to spread that gospel. So um, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I think if you haven't been listening to 15 years of Wells Tech and you listen to that summer series, it was very um, broad scope about all things tech mm-hmm. and ministry. It was a great review and new things came to light as times have changed and technology is always changing with it. And uh, yeah, great conversations around things like personal knowledge management and um, other things. And I think in midstream, you found a new tool because um we no, typically no post, spoilers. A, <laughs> post a lot of links on the show notes, um, but that kind of changed as we were working through this series and not so many links were posted. And that's just a teaser for you. I will okay. not spoil I'll save that for later. one of uh, Martin's favorite picks of the year. But Big yeah, event was, for you, Sally. You had one this this summer, right? Um, yeah, I did. Um I hope we're referring to the same thing, but a big event that I was part of this summer was the Wells Education Conference. That was it. Yes. (laughs) We do prepare for this, even though it doesn't always seem that way. And yes, in our notes, we are indeed on the same page this time. Yes. (laughs) Wells Education Conference. What an amazing event together with uh, teachers, administrators, all types from across the Synod in uh, Pewaukee, Wisconsin, right there near the Center for Mission and Ministry, the the Senate's headquarters, um, we gathered and talked about being united in Christ and diverse in service. And I, I've read the reviews, folks, the people that uh, uh, gave us their feedback after the conference, and it was it was very well received and very beneficial um, to everyone who attended. And I would say one of my huge takeaways from that conference um, was a keynote that was held. I want to say. Um, Wednesday afternoon of the conference. Anyway, whatever timing it was, it was President Rich Gergel, who serves at Martin Luther College and who was willing to come and present on a topic titled Renewing Our Joy in Service Under the Cross. And if you haven't watched this, or maybe even if you have, uh, go back, take a look at his slides. They actually broke the presentation down into three segments. They're each roughly 20 minutes. And so you could even break it down and do it with your faculty or or with your pastoral staff. It is ex- excellent presentation and very encouraging, very honest and open about challenges in service and um, the joy that we have in doing it despite the challenges. And I think it's... Um, well worth the watch. And again, the rewatch, if you've watched it already, maybe circle back and enjoy it again. I'm going to have to do that. I was not able to attend the conference, but I'm looking forward to uh, to tuning into uh, President Gurgle's message there. So it's, it's nice. quite Thank you excellent. for sharing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Sally, you had kind of a loosely connected <laughs> uh, event in your life to Wells Tech and you have a son in ministry. Yeah, I even have a picture to share for those watching the video. My oldest, Stanley, graduated from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in May. And yes, we can say there's a Wells Tech connection. I'm not just plugging my son being a pastor. <laughs> he was installed in July in the photos of us at his installation at Trinity Lutheran Church in Kakana, Wisconsin, right there in the Appleton area. Um, 
blessings on his and his classmates first Christmas season. Advent and Christmas is a busy time for for mm-hmm. pastors, especially for new ones that are just new figuring ones, things out. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and we were privileged to interview a couple of his classmates. That would be Pastor David Tix and Eric Zabel, who both um, wrote tech focused um, final projects. Can't remember what they title that, but they have a big project that kind of uh, wraps up their seminary career and uh, requires a pretty lengthy research paper and things of that nature. Do they call it and a senior thesis at some? A I don't thesis. Know. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And actually, since Stanley's been studying for the ministry, so that would be eight years of this, I've been telling him his thesis topic needed to be tech-oriented so we could include it on Wells Tech, because we have this great tradition of interviewing uh, some of the seniors um, about their papers. Um, Pastors Tix and Zabel actually talked about screen time and video gaming and how that fits with ministry. Really interesting topics and really enjoyed talking with them. Uh, Stanley, on the other hand, had something a lot different. (laughs) I don't even remember what it was now, but it was not tech-oriented at all. It was some research of a lot of different documents and things. And so um, it was a a joke in our family that he didn't make the Wells Tech cut, but... um, he managed to graduate anyway, even without that Wells Tech interview. So. Yeah, still something to aspire to, Stanley. You know, don't right. give up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We do interviews so. all the time. It was a fun year and lots of fun to look back. I, you know, honestly, I didn't c- get back to that concept of favorite episode names. I'd have to review all those, and I haven't done that yet. So. Maybe we'll mention that that's, in our next show. That's kind of a fun part of our little our little work here. Um, sometimes it has something to do with the show. Sometimes it's a phrase oh. or, you know, has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> oh, Which reminds one. me of my favorite episode name. Thanks for that little jog of memory. There was one, and I'm looking back, I want to say it was pretty recent, October, November, December. Nope. It must have been in September. And it was titled The Bomb Diggity. So there's a great episode name. I somehow managed to say that maybe even more than once, that something was The Bomb Diggity. (laughs) Do you really have to say it more than once? I mean, once really (laughs) Well, I could say it a whole bunch on this show because everything (laughs) we're talking about is The Bomb Diggity. It's the top. It's the best (laughs) of the best. Yeah, there was a show titled The Bomb Diggity. It's The Bomb um, Diggity of all bomb diggities. Yeah. yeah, Behind Mm -hmm. the scenes look at, at, at Wells Tech deep into our secrets is that Martin comes up with all those great names. That's kind of his job. So I was surprised when he named it the bomb diggity. I had to look up the spelling just to make sure. (laughs) Good that I'm giving you some new skills. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness (laughs) for Google. Let's move on to another category that we spend a little time with in our show prep. And uh, we're we're really encouraged when we find some of these resources that are super, hopefully everything we talk about is helpful in ministry, but these are very specific tools that hopefully people can put in their toolboxes and use in their professional, personal ministries, whatever. So that's one of our standing categories. And we picked a couple of highlights from, from 2022. Um, Sally, what was your kind of number one ministry resource? Um, My number one that we talked about this year was the Wells Online Yearbook. You can get to it at yearbook.com 
www.wells.net. Now, many of you may be familiar with a print yearbook that we publish once per year. Um, it's been in publication for so many years. I don't even know how long. And um, it's basically listing all the churches and all the schools and all the different called workers and all the different boards and committees, that kind of thing that exist in the Synod. Um, a good number of years ago, we added the online version of that. And over the years, we've enhanced it in so many great ways. And it's very parallel to the print your book, but I would say better because it is up to the day, up to date. If someone makes a change in our systems where we store all that information about churches and schools, then you're going to see it reflected here in the online yearbook like the very next day. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, you can come here again and find all the different workers of the Synod, search on their last name and, and or city. Um, you can find different organizations and uh, search by proximity to you if you're trying to find things in your area or find um, campus ministries um, based on the college that you're attending or the city it's in. Um, you can look up just so many different ways, you know, looking for an elementary school. Well, we've got a search for that as well. Um, so very powerful tool and very up to date. Um, but besides that, again, you can get to all the different boards and committee members, um, synodical council, council and conference of presidents, all those different people um, and have contact information and things like that for them. You can find live streaming if you'd like to watch uh, worship or other events online. We have a page of live streaming information. And you can even find things about your specific district conference or circuit. So if you'd like to know all the churches in your conference or district, you can get that through the online yearbook. It's uh, super powerful and super um, a, a broad scope of things that it covers. And again, I'm going to reveal one of our really great secrets. Um, a whole lot of the work of this is done by my friend Martin Spriggs. So he's he's the man behind the curtain making all of this um, presentable yes, to you. Yes, they, the they let me program once in a while. So, <laughs> so. I don't screw anything up. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, I should mention that uh, it is mobile friendly too. So if you oh. want to visit that on your phone, it displays just fine. So. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I didn't even mention, but for those churches and schools, all their recent statistics are out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just mm -hmm. keeps going and going. So if you're looking for something, this is this is my go-to place. Actually, um, my pastor announced in church that um, this past Sunday that he had received a call. And I immediately looked up the church to see how big it was and who was serving there currently and things like that about the church that he received a call to. So I I make use of it all the time. And there's a great amount of information available here. So check it out. Good, good, good pick. My pick um, is actually a something we just talked about, and that is the continuing education graduate studies offerings from Martin Luther College. I happen to be teaching one of those courses, but there are there are some awesome offerings there. The MLC team and their adjunct professors have really had a nice set of, you know, across the board um, offerings that I think most people in whether they're a pastor or teacher might be interested in. And it goes from early childhood to ed education technology to um, just general teaching online. There's all kinds of 
opportunities for uh, people looking to expand their skill sets, whether you want to work at a degree or advanced degree or not. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff here. So take a look at the website. Um, I think the um, the group behind it is takes great care in kind of making sure that they're trying to address as many needs as possible. So um, there's evangelism opportunities and mentoring and uh, all kinds of certifications, special education, spiritual growth, um, and they find some great people to teach those courses too. So take advantage of that. Uh, the the the, uh, the cost per credit is fairly low, and um, most, if not all, of these are available online. So good good tools that uh, our College of Ministry is putting before us. So take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's Martin's new course, Enhancing Ministry with Technology. You had a part in writing that, Wells Techers. So there's there's an opportunity there for, for people to benefit from our work over the summer. Yep. So. All right. So that's our ministry resources segment. Uh, we always like to pick... Uh, and one of the highlights, I think, of our shows is the interviews that we do. And we had a number to choose from again this year. And thanks to everybody who agreed to come on the show and talk about what they're doing or what they've done or their uh, thinking around different topics. That was uh, uh, really neat of all of you to do that. But I am going to go first. And uh, my favorite interview, uh, I like them all, but I think one of my, you know, favorites maybe of all time was our talk with Caleb, Pastor Caleb Bassett. Uh, he was the technology committee chairman of the hymnal committee. I happened to serve on that committee as well. And he just did an awesome job walking us through the Lutheran service builder tool that was made available. Uh, I think it was early this year or late last year for subscription to congregations or by congregations. Uh, an awesome tool in collaboration with Concordia Technology Solutions. And um, he, if you if you really want to know what this tool does, watch this interview mm -hmm. or listen to this interview because he really hits the highlights and the use cases that I think most pastors would, would ask questions about. So, um, he, he was super prepared for, for that interview, like he'd kind of given that talk before, which he had. <laughs> so um, thanks, Caleb, for doing that. And uh, again, if you're interested at all in what Service Builder does, and if it's the right tool for you or your congregation, uh, take a listen to that interview. Yeah. So I like, was, oh, go ahead. I just was super impressed with um, all it could do. And that in the end, you literally just push a button and you have your bulletin produced for you with all the necessary licensing uh, disclaimers mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff just built right in. Or really slide nice. deck or whatever output mm -hmm. you want. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sally, how about you? Favorite interview? Well, definitely one stood out for me this year, and it was with one of my friends from the Lutheran Women's Missionary Society. That would be Beth Tadisak, who recently uh, retired from LWMS after mm -hmm. basically running the office for over 25 years. Wow, that's so what impressive. Faithful, faithful and service. it was great yeah. to talk to Beth. Um, she has quite the perspective on how the the organization has changed over the years and the growth and uh, webifying of things. The fact that they've had online conventions now, which was unheard of until uh, our 
our COVID event happened, but they actually pulled off a couple of them and now are back to in-person conventions. Um, Beth gave us her insights and was preparing to retire. And I can report that she retired last week. So it actually happened. She made it to mm-hmm. retirement. She's enjoyed a couple of days of retirement already as we were recording this show, but uh, really fun to talk to Beth and learn more about uh, Lutheran Women's Missionary Society, or you might know it as LWMS. And so, yeah, check out that interview. It was uh, very memorable. That's fun. Just the energy she has around what she did, uh, for sure. was doing and did, um, is, is inspiring. And it kind of gives you a glimpse into that organization and their mentality and their spirit. So, mm-hmm. all right, Sally, we are to the point of the show where we run down our top three picks of the year. Um, so one thing that we do each and every episode is we make a pick and uh, something that has made a dent in our workflow or sits on our desk or is now a favorite in the toolbar could be almost anything. So let's start with Sally and your number three pick of the year. Well, I need to make sure my boss, Dan Ratzloff, is listening because my number three pick of the year is a book that he recommended and that we read as a team. It's probably not going to show up on my camera really well, but it's a book called The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time. And who doesn't want to do that? And uh, it focuses on a methodology called Scrum. Now, Martin, you and I have talked about Scrum off and on on the podcast over the last several years. I think we've been using it Mm -hmm. with our internal tech team probably for at least five years or so. Um, Mm -hmm. But this book in particular, uh, it isn't the nuts and bolts of, you know, have this meeting and schedule it on this day and do these things in this meeting kind of concept. It's more of what Scrum can do for you and how... From real world stories, how it has had a positive effect. And it's not just techies that are making use of Scrum. I would put out there that congregations and schools could make use of Scrum as they work through projects that they're trying to complete and the task around those. Um, The concept of Scrum is setting aside a period of time and saying, I'm going to accomplish these things and talking about it real regularly. And when you get to the end of that period of time, evaluating how you did and setting up another period of time to keep going, keep whittling away iteratively, little Mm -hmm. by little, step by step. And again, I think that's a useful concept and methodology for all types of industries, including our congregations and schools. So if you're looking to learn more about what Scrum is and understand how its impact could help you. I think this book in particular is a really good recommendation. It's not dry at all. It's a good read, real world uh, examples and storytelling as it may be. And um, just beneficial, I think, to our team to have read it Mm -hmm. together and possibly to others out there that are listening. So I do have to ask, do you do twice the work in half the time now? Oh, I do three times the work in half the time, <laughs> okay, especially so Wells Tech work. Dub- double down on it, on its promise. Okay. <laughs> I was really inefficient before, so I it didn't take much to improve. All right. 
Uh, I can vouch for the value of it, and I think it's place in many situations. And I think project management is an area of weakness uh, in some organizations, and uh, this is a good way to think about it. And uh, this concept of a, uh, a two-week or a three-week or whatever week time frame to, to get stuff done makes a lot of sense because um, – built-in deadlines and just kind of that flow and accountability all makes sense. So good pick. Awesome. All right. My number three pick is uh, the aforementioned or referenced tool <laughs> that we introduced along the way as we were working through our summer series. And that is a tool called Wakelet. Wakelet is kind of a bookmark bookmarking tool with a little sauce kind of uh, shared on the top. And it is kind of a visual medium that you can create uh, a rich set of resources that people can either add to or access. And uh, there's different templates and formats, and it's uh, very visual. You can embed uh, YouTube videos or just links to web pages. You can add your own content uh, and for all kinds of different purposes. Um, and it's, uh, I think highly regarded, certainly in educational circles, it's used from a student perspective for kind of portfolio, uh, creation, but also from a teaching perspective of, of resource gathering and sharing and annotating. Um, there's all kinds of apps and tools that you can put on top of that. But at the end of the day, um, going to the wakelet or the collection of, resources that you put together um, is really its power. And I'll be using it as I teach my course. And uh, we used it obviously this summer. So if you want to kind of get a sense for what it can do, uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. But uh, it is uh, free. I think there is a paid for version, but I think for the most part, uh, Wakelet's free version it meets almost all of my needs. So pretty cool app. It is cool. And I just pulled up one of your wakelets from that ministry, um, Tech Enhanced Ministry series, the one with mobile stuff. So I'll I'll throw that link specifically in the show notes as well if people want to see an example from Martin. And yeah, I think um I I personally like the images and, and how mm -hmm. it, it it enhances not just a plain old look at a link or whatever, but it, it pulls in a little description from whatever page you're, you're bookmarking and um, makes me kind of think about Pinterest and how much I enjoy. I was going to say that word, but I didn't. Um, but um, yes. And knowing what a fan you are of Pinterest, I'm just not surprised <laughs> yes. at all that you picked exactly. this. So. It's, a, it's a natural. So. Awesome. Sally, we should move on to our second round of picks of the year. What's number two on your list for the year? Number two on my list is something that was on the radar last year as a pick of the year. I think it was maybe one of your picks of the year last year. And this year it's made it to my list and it's Google Photos. So I'm showing a quick view of my current Google Photos slide. But the reason I really picked it had to do with albums and I have an example album up on my screen for those that are watching the video. The concept of albums is picking some of your photos to group together in one place. And I make albums, I make albums all the time. Any kind of event I'm at, 
um, anything like that. Um, as a matter of fact, this past Saturday, I was at a Jesus Cares event where they had a Christmas program and all the um, Jesus Cares participants were dressed up in costumes and things. And so I made an album. They actually asked me to do a video and I had the video of the, the Christmas program and some photos I had snapped and all of that put together in a photo album. And the thing about photo albums is that you can easily share them. You can get public links, even if you want to make um, whatever you've grouped together shareable and um, other people can take a look. They can add comments. They can um, download if you give them that permission to download some of your photos that you've grouped together in an album. So I feel like it has a lot of um, ministry application, just like, um, you know, taking these quick pictures from a Jesus Cares Christmas program. Um, it's easy to share them. You could put the link to the album on Facebook or share it with whatever group you'd want to very easily. Uh, you can rearrange the album. You can easily add and delete to the album. You can give other people permission to add photos. So it can be a compilation place. So um, around whatever events you're you're taking pictures of. And it's really nice because Google Photos is a free tool. Now, after you've uploaded a whole bunch of photos there, you might need some extra space on Google Photos. And that's where you could come into paying some. I just re-upped my Google One subscription to have like, I don't know, 100 gig or something for $20 a year. So very affordable and allows you to um, to store high 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 resolution versions of your imagery mm -hmm. and videos and then to share them easily in photo albums. So check out uh, Google photos albums. Excellent pick. I don't say so myself. So <laughs> I think you picked um, it last year. It is, a, it is an awesome tool. I use it all the time, even though I don't, uh, I, I normally use an iPhone. I've got it hooked up so that all my photos that I snap, mm -hmm go right up there. The editing tools in Google Photos has kind of taken a, a nice step forward as well. So yeah. And stuff. talking about syncing your photos from your phone, my husband does the same and then we share. So I mm. see his photos yep. almost we immediately after he's yep. doing it. So good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. Very nice. And I too have a Google One subscription. I think I do the $2.99 a month. So Three times twelve. I, I don't pay pay by the month. I probably should do the annual. That would make mom. I think more it's sense. a little bit of a price break. Yeah. yeah, but I think I get two hundred gigs uh, with that, which mm -hmm. has served me pretty well. Yeah, mine's right. one ninety nine a month. So. Mm -hmm. My number two is a book: How to Take Smart Notes by Sanke Ahrens or Ahrens. Um, and uh, this was a pick, oh, maybe this summer when I read the book and kind of a game changer for me in how I approach uh, my reading and how to take your note taking to the next level. And the way he describes it is kind of a, it's a concept that was made popular and called Zettelkasten, which essentially categorizes notes into three buckets. Um fleeting notes, literature notes, and permanent notes. And it really helps you think about the value in your note-taking workflow. So it's a, um, a short book, short read, but very intentional in how you should approach um, 
this learning that you're doing. So it's it's really not for reading um, or note taking for anything, but more reference works or scholarly works. Or I I think there is good application in here for Bible scholarship as well. So if you're prepping for a sermon or a Bible class, I think um, this would be a good read for anybody in that uh, in that world. Um, so it's important to, to kind of get the most out of uh, what you're doing. And this is actually a very good system for thinking about how you progress from taking a, you know, just kind of a, a quick note to thinking more deeply about it, to actually creating something with the notes that you've taken, which is the whole point, right? How do you get back to those notes and make them useful? So why did you write it down in the first place? So that'll be a little tease to my next uh, pick here too in a second. You know, Martin, I think I take a lot of those fleeting notes. I'm all about mm -hmm. fleeting. <laughs> my thoughts are constantly I mean, where do they go? leaving right? me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Speaking of words... And the Good like, uh, what's your number one pick? My number one pick may seem a bit fleeting or, or frivolous compared to heavy duty work uh, technologies, mm -hmm. but it's one that made an impact on 2022 for sure. Um, when I look back at the list of things I'd picked over the years, over the year of 2022, uh, Wordle jumped out at me. And everybody's maybe collectively grown, but for those of us that are Wordle lovers, it has stuck with us uh, throughout the year and uh, will continue into the new year. So Wordle is just a simple word game, um, and it just really took the world by storm right at the beginning of this year, I think, is when it became really popular. So the concept is you're trying to guess a random five-letter word, and as you type in different uh, letter combinations, different words... It'll tell you if letters are in the word and if they're in the correct space in the word. And so every day there's one new Wordle that's published. Uh, the game was created by someone and then bought by the New York Times. So it's now a New York Times game. Of course, there's a million knockoff games out there as well. So you can play it from a lot of different sources. Um, but uh, each day just one is published by the New York Times and then people share um their Wordle results and things. And so I really enjoy the game and I enjoy playing with others. But what was neat was to see people make use of it um, in different ways in ministry. So I saw people um, making graphic designs that had church messages, you know, written out to look as if it was a Wordle puzzle and things like that. So really kind of um, being very up to date with what was trending and popular at the mm -hmm. time. Um, the one use that I've made a use of consistently is creating my own wordles. So you can put in custom words at mywordle.strivemath.com and create your own. So I could put in um, even Wells Tech. The words don't even have to be five letters when you create your own. And then it will um, generate the link for that. And you can actually go and play that game. And if you type in, uh, the right letters, uh, the wordle will turn all green. So um, I've done this particularly in the Sunday school setting. So I'll make several wordles and we'll play them together at the end of our lesson to guess words that were part of the lesson, important words. And the students are, are very excited and engaged and they're 
they're looking through their lesson deeply, trying to find what the word might be or good words to guess um, that were part of their lesson. And uh, it's always been very well received. The kids are excited about the challenge of it and stuff. So that's how I've made use of it. You could potentially do the same thing for your website or whatever, link mm -hmm. to or embed a Wordle that um, people can play on your website that has something to do with your church or school ministry or whatever. Or you could publish links to them each day, maybe, or each week on your Facebook page or something like that, where um, you're engaging your audience and giving them something um, to do that will lead them to some biblical insights. Um, I wanted to make special note. I don't have the links um, available to me right now, but I'll make sure and look them up and include them in the show notes of a couple of other variations of Wordle that I'm aware of. One is called Wordle. Wordle. Sorry, I said it wrong the first time. And that one actually shows you a map of a country, oh, just yeah. kind of the outline, and you have to guess the country. And so I'm really hooked on that one. And I do it every day as well. And it's a lot of fun. And I've really sharpened my geography skills. Mm -hmm. So you might use that in a geography classroom or just a elementary classroom to help explore the world. I get out my Google map and look for those outlines of those countries. And as you guess, it tells you whether the country, what direction it is from the country that you guessed. So mm -hmm. this country is, is east of the country that you guessed. And it tells you how many kilometers away it is. So you have some concept of where to guess next. So for whatever reason, I almost always start with Peru. If I don't recognize it, that's like the center of the world for me. I go to Peru and then I figure out where it is in relation to that. So and one of these days it'll be Peru. Yeah, it will. Won't that be exciting? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one I wanted to make mention of has actually got a biblical impact. Um, it's a Wordle type game called Versely where a Bible verse is shared each day. It's actually a Bible verse from the Evangelical Heritage version of the Bible. And you have to guess the book, the chapter, and the verse number of the Bible verse that's shared. And a lot of times they're familiar verses, or you have a concept that's definitely Old Testament, or mm -hmm. that's Jesus's words. Now, which gospel is it in or whatever? But sometimes they're a little more challenging. Last night's, um, we always do it at night. Um, last night's was actually Psalm 23, verse three. And so I guess verse two, I almost got a hole in one, but I guess verse two instead of verse three the first time. But it's pretty fun as well. And some of them maybe are a little bit um in areas that you aren't as familiar with. So it kind of gets us into our Bible and looking up the context of the verse that we were trying to guess. And, um, and it was created by our friend, Philip Wells, a friend of Wells tech. He's been on the show before. He's actually, um, lives here in the Mankato area and does all kinds of neat audio and video stuff. And he has this new Wordle type game called Versely. And so I'll definitely throw a link in the show notes to Versely as well. So that's so cool. Yeah. It's, a lot it's the first time hearing about it. That's cool. I'm going to have to look yeah. at that. Yeah. So all right. that's my number one. It's your turn awesome. now, Martin. Nicely done. Nicely done. I'm not a Wordle person. I think I've played it twice, but my wife definitely is. And oh, you're missing she is out. in constant competition with my uh, son-in-law. So oh. it's a great connection they have. <laughs> the word people, huh? Yeah. All right. Speaking of words, uh, my final or number one pick, and I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about smart notes, and it kind of plays off a of wakelet as well. Uh, Readwise, uh, big win for me this year was finding 
and subscribing to Readwise. I pay for it because uh, I get a few extra features I enjoy using, but they're some free uh, access as well. But Readwise is basically a tool that allows you to uh, work with your Kindle and any book that you're reading that you highlight or take notes in. And uh, normally I am reading on an iPad, so I use the Apple Pencil to do my highlighting. Um, and it basically captures all that and brings it into a single website. So all the books that you've read, all the highlights that you've made, um, all the notes that you've taken are all, all come together and easily downloadable or exportable or importable. Uh, so what I do at this point is I bring them all into a uh, Google Doc. So I have them there fully searchable. I can cut and paste different content from them into other sources. So if I'm doing let's say a literature note or a another kind of note, I can uh, source that information there. In the uh, Readwise app, you can click a link and go to the into the book itself. If you have uh, a Kindle subscription, it'll open up the web version so you can read it there, uh, which is very cool. So you can see it in context or take more notes. Um, there's all kinds of plugins, uh, which actually extends the functionality of Readwise to the web. So if you're seeing something on the web that you want to annotate or take a note on or capture or highlight, you can do that with this plugin and it will flow into your Readwise um, collection or index. Uh, so very cool in that respect as well. One of the nice things also about Readwise is you can configure it to send you a daily highlight of random, sometimes random, sometimes not so random highlights or notes that you've taken. So uh, they're not just kind of stored away for you to kind of remember that they're there or usually forget that they're there. It brings it back up to you saying, hey, you highlighted this or you took a note on this for a reason. Here it is. Um, do you want to keep it? Do you want to do something with it or just be reminded that that it exists? So there's some nice um, serendipity that happens, I think, with uh, your reading, your note taking, your highlighting, and then what you can do with it later on. So big fan of Readwise Uh totally works uh, across almost anything that you are reading, which uh, kind of a seamless integration is what you really need. You don't want it kind of in the way or have to really think about it. Uh, but uh, great for ebook uh, highlighting, article highlighting, et cetera. So great stuff. Yeah. And that highlighting the web is really an excellent mm -hmm. addition to that as well. Uh, it's funny on their website they have a a highlight from Atomic Habits by James read. Clear, yeah. something that we read on Wells Tech. So and very highlight worthy. I get his uh, weekly emails and he yeah, awesome. pulls things um, out that are from that book. That's one I'd like to retain. And I'm I'm not great at retention, and so I think that would really help me to have that periodic reminder. Mm -hmm. um, it says they use some magical scientific. Uh, algorithms, I guess, right. to, yeah. to decide what they're sending to you. And uh, they call it spaced repetition. It has a fancy mm -hmm. name. So yep. Yep. Um, that's pretty cool. So. so that is 2022. Sally, I suppose uh, we're going to do this again in 2023. And we're going to kick off 2023 
uh, by pushing back our recording date by just a week or so, uh, because you and I are going to be at the Leadership Conference in Chicago, Illinois, uh, in mid-January, and we're going to uh, kind of hook up there and do a um, an interview with one of our favorite people, um, Dan Retzloff, Sally's boss, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about some of his experiences from a, a layman's perspective, coming there, representing his congregation, but then maybe dip into a little bit of what he does for for you all as a Wells employee. So stay tuned for that. I'm really looking forward to having that conversation. Yeah, I think people enjoy meeting Dan. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He is. That will do it for 2022. Thank you oh so much for uh, tuning in, uh, whether it's frequently, infrequently. You know, we just enjoy that your your ears are listening to what we're having to say. And please share this if you think this is valuable. Uh, give it a, a thumbs up or five stars or whatever it is that you have as a option in your podcast player. Uh, write a review. Uh, we would love to get a few more people with uh, the opportunity to hear some of the stuff that we get to talk about here. So thank you, Sally, for 2022 and all the work you do. And I'm looking forward to doing it again, 2023. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.